Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. Welcome to Atlanta Baseball Talk, show number 484. Today is Sunday, September 20th, 2020, and my name is Steve. I'm joined by both Hammy and Curtis, and folks, please help out the show by telling your friends, sharing links, and writing reviews. If you don't, Markakis and Dansby don't get another hit all season. I mean, seriously, it's big stakes. Otherwise known as September. I totally thought it was going to be Dan Quinn will be the new head coach of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> that would have been oh, much better. That's really or good. The worst thing ever. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I'm mad at myself for believing for even any time that the Falcons were going to win that game. Once I saw that, like I, I was sort of half paying attention because I was doing other stuff and I saw that it was, 39 37 and we had somehow let it be that score i said we're losing this game we are losing this game oh i I texted my friend when the when the cowboys came out and scored two touchdowns right at the beginning of the second half i i texted my friend at that point and i said we're losing i mean at least they stay on brand but my god Uh, all right folks in tonight's show we'll discuss (laughs) what's at stake this final week (laughs) Where things stand with the starting pitching and some alarming numbers for the offense. But first, a quick break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So, as strange as it seems, the final week of the season regular season, starts on Monday. And here's where things stand. So first, the division. As we record the show, the Braves are up on the second-place Marlins by three games, who split their doubleheader on Sunday with the Nationals. Uh, We uh, lead the Phillies, who are in third place, by four games. Uh, So we start a four-game series with the Marlins on Monday. Lots to be decided in those next four days. Mm. Uh, You know, particularly with the Braves finishing out the final three games of the season against the Red Sox, while the Marlins finish out the season with three against the, the Yankees. Uh, so certainly tougher sledding for the Marlins. The Phillies, by the way, have four with the Nationals and then three to end the week with the Rays. So, look, the playoffs are not in doubt. Their magic number, the Braves' magic number for the playoffs is four. But the seeding is certainly up in the air. Right now, we are the three seed and would face number six, of course, St. Louis. <laughs> um, we are. So as we record this, right, Sunday night, the Cubs and the Twins are playing. The Twins are up. I'm sorry. The Cubs are up 2-0. Um, wait, is that right? I don't actually know. No, yeah, the <laughs> Twins are up 2-0. 
So right now we are one game behind the Cubs in the loss column. So if the Cubs lose tonight to the Twins, we would be tied for, um, you know, the number two seed. But they uh, have know, the tiebreaker. Right? Yeah, right yeah. now they have the tiebreaker because it's broken down by uh, intervision interdivision records. So ours is 2015, theirs is 21 and 15. They have four against the Pirates left. So it will come down seemingly to how we do against the Marlins, Marlins. and how they do against the Pirates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So remember the three division winners, right, are the top three seeds, regardless of record. And then if you drop into second place, you are fourth, fifth, or sixth seed, again, based on record. So Guys, for this conversation, let's assume we win the East, okay? And if that's the case, our most likely opponents come from a group of the Cardinals, the Phillies, or the Reds, at least based on today, right? The, the Brewers and the Giants are, 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 you know, a few games back. I mean, things could happen this week, but let's assume Cards, Phillies, and Reds. So, Curtis, who do you want to face in the first round? Anyone but the Cardinals. Yes, ditto. (laughs) Um, You know, we've really struggled against the Marlins this year, and they are an infinitely better team. Um, But I would take them or the Phillies over the Cardinals. Um, Obviously, we're not catching the Dodgers. So it's one it's going to be one of those three teams. I will totally take the Phillies. I would. T- oh, my God. The Phillies to me are, are the dream matchup. Honestly. Three games in Atlanta against the Phillies. I will take that all day long. Yeah. We know and then we the can Reds. beat them. The Phillies still have the worst bullpen in the National League. I mean, they I think they sort of know we can beat them, too. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. And honestly, I'll take the Reds. Right. You get Bauer. Luis Castillo, DeSclafini. I mean, Bauer is scary. But the Reds' bullpen is 12th in the NL and ERA. Castillo and DeSclafini, I'm not scared of. You know, and the Cardinals, of course, again, second year in a row, we would be much better than on paper. But Flaherty and Wainwright, you know, are they have the same formidable. lineup. You you read their roster, it gives you your you know makes your stomach sick. It's the same one as last year. Dexter, I mean, you just see the same guys coming up. Colton Wong and just killing us. Other than Marcelo Zuna, who, Other than, yeah, it's would true. somehow it's find a way to go over in that series exactly. if we end up with the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, you could just see it. It's just all laid out that we lose two to you know a three game series, two to one against the Cardinals at home in the wild. I mean, it's just it it already yeah. giving me Stop. hot Stop. sweat nightmares. Yeah, and I just I I don't want to see. Um, oh, what's his face? The catcher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Molina. Yeah, I, Molina. Like, I hate Molina. I hate the Cardinals. We are cursed against them. Yeah, bring on the Phillies. Bring on the Reds. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the right. Like, Milwaukee is one game back of the eighth seed. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, one game back. Basically, one game back because seven and eight are essentially tied. Milwaukee yeah. and San Francisco are both one game back of the seventh and eighth seeds. I mean, things could change this week. Completely flip. And I would take Milwaukee or San Francisco as well. Just no St. Louis. And let's just get the Phillies. Let's just have an easy road to start for once. Agreed. Yes. Would you rather face, so if it worked out this way and you dodged the Cardinals in the first round, would you rather play them than the Cubs? Would you rather, you know, 
if, if the Cubs had the Cardinals, would you rather the Cardinals beat the Cubs or would you rather play the Cubs? <laughs> I don't know. There's something scarier about the three game series. Like the Cubs are a better team than the Cardinals. Yeah. You no, know, I would, it, I yeah. think in a five game series, I'll, I'll take my chances with the Cardinals. Well, and I mean, if, if, if it ends up like this, obviously it would be better to get the Cardinals because at least you'd have home field. Yeah. True. I sort of wish oh, we, well, I mean, wait, well, but wait a minute. No, no, no. After the, no, we, we head to Texas after the wild card series if we make it through. Oh, that's oh, right. right. There's no it, home field. The, that's the, right. the Houston. Starts. We're in the uh, Houston bracket yeah, or whatever. Gotcha. I should follow baseball. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I sort of wish. Well, I don't know. I was, and maybe we'll get into this later, but um, it would be great to catch the Dodgers or the Padres in a five-game series in a versus a seven-game series. I think, like, just I feel like our the longer we see them, the the thinner our starting pitching gets. Don't you think there's a chance that the Padres, given their youth, Completely. I mean, I know they're sort of footloose and fancy free, but maybe with the playoffs, it becomes a little more. Pressing. Sure, and Tatis has cooled off. I mean, you know. I, the, the Padres, other than our history against the Padres, for whatever reason, that history is abysmal. But I, I'm not super scared of the Padres. Yeah, although I would like to avoid the Padres <laughs> and, and the Dodgers for as long as possible. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I mean, really getting ahead of ourselves. If, we, if there is some miraculous, uh, you know occurrence right and we and we win the nl pennant i'm much more scared of the dodgers than i am of anyone in the american league totally so yeah there is that all right so as we look toward the playoffs this week that just ended right was as meaningful as it gets where the starting pitching is concerned as we got the start of the cole hamels era freed's return from the il and starts by anderson and Wright. so ham Let's take it in order and start with Hamill. So your thoughts about his start? Well, he he looked great, I thought. I mean, the outcome wasn't fantastic, but um, considering that in the past year he'd had two live batting practice sessions and in that was year. it in a year. <laughs> um, to come and get, you know, I mean, looked so good those first two innings and then, you know, he just he stumbled a little bit in the third inning. Um, but all of his pitches were working. Um you know, I was really heartened by it. And I think he could have pitched. I feel like he could have pitched a lot longer. I think obviously he was around a 50 pitch count. Um, and the whole, you know, getting Hamels is going to be like signing someone or trading for someone at the deadline uh, is feeling like that's proving true. So I was really excited by his start. Yeah, I mean, he he got tired in the third inning, you know, so he started leaving balls up. He wasn't locating. But yeah, he look, he looked like he can still pitch. He didn't wake up with his arm on the floor the next morning. I mean, we haven't heard anything about him not feeling good. Right. Um, yeah. It's great. My God, it's fantastic. Ex- excited to see him tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So after going on the IL with a back muscle issue, also known as worst start of the year-itis, <laughs> Max Fried returned on Friday night. So, Kurt, your thought on Max Fried's return to the lineup? Uh, other than his velocity still being down a little, um, he looked vintage, uh, early season freed, um, just locating his fastball all over the place. Um, you know, his breaking ball working, it was just, 
it was so refreshing to see him back after the last couple of starts he had had where he was not up to what our expectations were, um, despite they weren't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. It's just uh, was not what we had come to expect from Max Fried starts. But right, um, yeah, not it top was of the rotation stuff. Right. And that's what it was. I mean, he comes back and and you need you, the Braves to have any chance in the playoffs have to have an ace that can match up in game one. You can't automatically put yourself down. zero and one, you know, you have to have a chance to win that game. And Max Fried will give you a chance to win that game against anybody. So um, him coming back and looking like that was was a huge uh, boost for I'm sure the team's confidence um, and my confidence as a fan as well. Yeah, I mean, so I want to talk about his velocity for a second, right? So his four-seam fastball Friday night averaged 92.1 miles per hour, which was better than the 90.9 in that last outing before he went to the IL, but not the 93.4 that he had averaged in his first eight starts. So, you know, I don't want it to drop anymore. That's concerning. Is he still just tired and that's the velocity thing and he's going to get more tired or is he feeling better and moving you know which way is the arrow pointing we won't know (laughs) you know we we may learn more right on i think it's well i don't remember i think it's wednesday night that he starts again um he's getting an extra day's rest and and it could go up there i mean maybe you know it was hurting and so his velocity was down and then it stopped hurting and he's just sort of working his way back into a little bit more form. Who knows? Yeah, we're we're toast without him. Yeah, obviously. for sure. If it, if, I mean, if it, kind of, if it needs kind of to, if it needs to be said, yeah. <laughs> if it needs to be said. So moving on to Saturday night, uh, and we got Ian an Ian Anderson start. So the line was not good: four and two thirds, three earned runs, four walks. But you know what? I'm not super concerned about it. The strike for one thing, the strike zone was terrible. Like in this season of terrible home plate umping it was you know it was in the it was bad it was as bad as it's been all season yeah um you know not an excuse for all of it right i mean he wasn't super sharp at times but things could have gone better had he had a better ump behind the plate and to me the best part about it is and you know we we talked about it um with david lee last week that like the maturity factor right he didn't fall apart Right. Like he was able to grind through it. Like if that happens in his first playoff start, God forbid, right? He he looks like he's not going to let it get out of control and he will still pitch some innings and it won't become, you know, a faulty first inning. I, I you right. know, it's like right. the ceiling is really high but the the floor is not too low. Yeah, and especially with a team like, you know, an offense like ours. The fact that he'll, you know, Exactly. Those two things. I mean, that, you know, he can take a couple of lumps and then still, you know, stop the stop the damage, stop the leaking or whatever. And um, but let the offense still give us a chance. It's all you want. Don't take us out of the game. And I and I feel confident that um, I, for, for me, even more so than Wright and obviously Tukey, I feel that Anderson has that, you know, more than those guys do of yeah. all the rookies. You and, know. and, you know, he. His location was off. It was probably his worst location of the year. And he still figured out a way to get through four and a third and, and or two thirds and, and not, you know, only give up three earned. Right. I mean, and on, I think it was that start, like wasn't in that first inning, you know, that 33 pitch first inning or whatever 
the really cheap shot that just bounced off home plate and over Riley. Like, he got the ground ball he even needed. Like, the first inning could have gone better than it did. So, all right. And let's end on Kyle Wright's gem from Sunday's finale in New York. Uh, so, Ham, your thoughts there? Just amazing. His stuff was filthy today. I mean, his fastball was lively and just kill, just painting the corners. Um, his slider was as advertised. And his curveball was amazing. I mean, all three pitches were plus pitches, it seemed like. Um you know, and, and and it all stems from control. No walks today. Um, I guess he had one late. Um, yeah, yeah, in the sixth inning, which actually when he got pulled. But um, you know, I mean, for the rest of the day, he was had control, which gave him confidence, which allowed him to attack, and um, and he did, and it and it showed. And if I mean that he looked like an ace today, it was great. It was yeah. great. You hope he can keep that control. You know, with control, he can do anything. It seems like. I mean, talk about the arrow pointing in the right direction with him, right? Season high in innings, six and a third. Season low in walks, like we just said, one. Season high in strikeouts with six. Yeah, it was just, it was perfect, man. And his stuff is so good. I mean, yeah. just those low, fast pitches. I mean, it, he, it's, it seems unfair, right? He had a lot of pitchers just, you know our hitters just mixed up and just watching those strikes. It was nice to see. Um, he's great. Well, it's all about his curveball working. Um, the two starts that he's had that have been good um, over the last two, the one against the nationals and this one, um, it was, it's all about his, his curveball. I mean, the, the game against the nationals, he got a, a strike or a swinging strike, on six of the 13 curveballs that he threw today, he that was at 46 percent. Today, it was at 44 percent, throwing 18 curves today. So Sunday. So, you know, it's these guys, they got to have a second pitch. You know, they got to have a second pitch that's working. Um, Freed obviously has gotten to where now he has a change up. Um, uh you know, I mean, it's just developing more pitches that these guys have. Anderson has three. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Right uh, has the stuff, but it's got he. You know, he has to display something more than just his fastball. Um, like any of these guys, these guys can time a fastball. Well, but he's got a slider them, too, so, though. Yeah, I mean, he throws like or a cut fastball or something. He's got a fastball that moves. It was moving great today in the sure. Zone. Yeah, of yeah. course. I, you know my point, yeah. though. I mean, no, you know, you, but I think he's got to display something else, and you've got to also yeah. be you've got to be effective with it. To, you to have to be able to off, throw it for yeah, strikes so or get him sit on anything. Yeah, exactly. You know. There's something about the 2020 season and no fans in the stadiums that I feel like will only benefit Anderson and Wright. Like Don't tell John Smoltz. What's that? Don't tell John Smoltz. Yeah, no. Why? He brought up that Ian Anderson being robbed of being able to spend time with his family after getting a win again in the game that he called. I know. Oh, my God. But But seriously, like, imagine, you know, whatever, being at... You know, being in Philadelphia with a packed house and the place just going nuts, the first walk you issue, right? I mean, they're not going to deal with any of that. That's only going to benefit the young guys. Absolutely. Totally agree. So staying with the playoffs, MLB announced earlier this week that there will be no off days in either the three-game wildcard round or the five-game division series round. So, Kurt, particularly with the five-game division series, this is not a great thing for the Braves, right? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you know, the, the Braves don't have the starting pitching depth to um, sort of absorb that type of schedule um, because Freed 
you know, you're only going to get two starts out of him over that course of time. So um, where before, if you were getting days off, you might get three starts out of him over those eight games. So um, and how do you set it up if he starts game one? I mean, do you wait to, you know, I, I where do well, you throw him well, again? That's the you thing. know, I mean, if, if you're going to write in a typical five game series, you can throw your ace twice. But with no off days, if he if he were to pitch game five, it would be on short rest, right? It'd be four days rest. Like, yeah. you got to figure, particularly given what seemed like fatigue and the back stuff and the velocity. There's no way. There's yeah, it no just way. Doesn't seem like a good idea. There's right? no pitcher on our no pitcher on our team w- would we throw on, on five days rest. or four days rest. Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be psyched when we get a Tommy Malone start game five. Yes. Uh. So, but at the same, I mean, yeah. the, at the same, well, I mean, at the same time, um, it's where our offense and our our really really deep bullpen is an asset, right? Because the other teams have to play five games in a row, right? And get into if you can get into their bullpens and get those guys going on multiple days, um, you can wear them out. And our offense um, can be relentless when we're we're cooking. So I think obviously our start our starting pitching is is you know. Whatever, whatever the opposite of an asset is, <laughs> um, a liability. A liability. Thank you, Kurt. But um, but I think it's it's interesting. I think we may. I think that may suit us better. These these back to back to back games. I think our offense and our bullpen will put the pressure on them more than the bad starting pitching will. So Ham, set your one through four order in the rotation. I go. I actually go Freed, Hamill. Wait, you're going to start with Freed? <laughs> Slow down. Fulte. Fulte, Newcomb, Tukey. I'm actually going to have Tukey and Tomlin out there at the same time. <laughs> Either side of the rubber. Well, just, you know, taking turns. Um, uh, yeah, I so Freed, I think Hamill's actually, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm a little high on him, but like just the, having been there and seen all that. Um, and to get to... You know, maybe to get two wins takes the pressure off of Wright or Anderson. I think I go Anderson third, Wright fourth. So I go Freed, Hamels, Anderson, Wright. Curtis, any different? Uh, yeah, I mean, that seems logical. I I guess it just depends on what Hamels' next start Sure, sure. Does. No doubt. Um, no. And obviously he's super rested. <laughs> I mean, look, you know... That that Snicker desperately would want to start him in game two because he's a you know he's a veteran he's been there before I don't know though I mean I think you go Anderson two and then Hamels three and right four yeah because that also if you end up in a game three in that wild card round to throw Ian Anderson into that game not that he has not performed amazingly in some against some serious competition and big name teams and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Yankees and Red Sox and who else, you know, nationals. I mean, all the teams that he's had to face so far, nothing's been cheap. I mean, the Red Sox are bad, but it's still the Red Sox. Um, But that would be a tall task to ask of a guy who's, you know, not had a bunch of major league starts to start an elimination game. Yeah. So, but, but then, I mean, Steve, who's your, who's number five then? Because it's, you, I mean, uh, you know, obviously the the DS is fine, but um, or whatever that play the first series, yeah, but the, the five game series, yeah, the wildcard series, but the five game series. I mean, it depends, fifth? right? We're going to talk about the there's there's an unnamed starter, um, 
I don't remember what day. It's Tuesday or Wednesday. I have it in my notes. Um, right? I mean, does Malone return, and does he look decent enough? Probably no. not. Um, <laughs> you know, my guess is that if it really goes to a Game 5, it's a, it's like a bullpen game, and and Enoa starts. Yeah. God, can you imagine? No, I can't, and yet I can. But seriously, I wouldn't be surprised, right? I mean... And, and did you, you know, in his last outing, I think it was his last outing, when he started that game, he looked amazing. He looked amazing. And you know Snickers, like, I love that guy. I love that guy. Let's yeah. see if I can get six innings out of him. Yeah, exactly. Three oh, times through the lineup. Let's get him three times through the lineup. <laughs> let's bring Luke Jackson in for three times through the lineup. Oh, jeez. All right, guys, let's go inside the numbers and look at one big bright spot and then some not-so-bright spots. So... We'll start with Ozzy Albies. So in his first 11 games of the season prior to going on the IL with his wrist injury, he slashed 159, 196, 273. One homer and two doubles. In the 10 games since returning, heading into Sunday's game against the Mets, he has slashed 341, 372, 683. So yeah, he's OPSing over 1,000. He has four homers and two doubles. Add a two and four day on sun, a two of four day on Sunday with another double in his eleventh game back. I mean, Ozzy has just three stolen not bases. Looked back, crazy. Two. He has three stolen bases. Yeah, in that time since he came back from, um, yeah, yeah, insane, just insane. And like, um, you know, we're going to talk about the the poopy spots, I think in a second year, but you know, um, there was a point where the rest of the lineup wasn't, you know, where he was batting ninth where I sort of loved the lineup when he was batting ninth. Cause all of a sudden you, you know, the game gets going on and then it's Ozzy Acuna Freeman, you know, the, it, it, sure. it, the, it just makes the lineup look great. So, um, and especially now that everybody else is falling off the cliff. Uh, it's nice to have Ozzy. Right. But the flip side of that is you want your guy, your best guys to get as many ABs. I as know, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, like really he should be batting fifth and not sixth, but we'll take it. Sure. Um, all right. So let's head on well, to right. The not. No, sorry. Right. There, there's one. There's one fun stat that I, I saw that I have to throw in on the Aussie thing. Sure. Um, so throughout the Braves franchise history, of course, going all the way back to the Boston Doves and whatever they were, they had never hit six or more homers in a game twice in one season. Since Aussie's been back, they've done it twice in nine games. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. So fun. yeah, it's been a fun offensive year, to be sure. All right, so Nick Markakis, in his last 13 games heading into today, is slashing 135, 185, 216. He had an 0 for 3 on Sunday to add to that. Now, of course, four of his seven total hits were doubles, because that's what a professional hitter does. But it has been really bleak from Markakis, and we need him to figure that out. Like, you know, I remember talking about this when he opted back in, and we were like, well, at least we won't have the second half falling off a cliff because it'll still be first half in terms of number of games and yet well, he did the is. math we yeah. couldn't fool him that's right so crazy god he um, read the news and knew that the season was shorter and yeah. now all right austin riley not as bad but in his last 14 games heading into today's sundays slashing 232 328 304 one homer and one double he was 0 for 4 in sunday's game you know he has dropped down i mean to Snickers' credit, right, he has dropped Mark Hagis and Riley, and we're about to talk about Dansby, all, you know, down to 7, 8, and 9, as, as he should. 
So Dansby, in his last eight games heading into today's, is slashing 061, 179, yeah. slugging 091, with an 0 for 4 on Sunday's game. When you are on basing almost twice the number of your slugging, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's horrible. I mean, and he, like, I mean, it's, he's for September, he's 211, 337, 338. Like, he's been bad all month, particularly the last eight games. And it happens every year. This is what happens. He's, he starts to stumble. The roller coaster. And, yeah. And then, but he's still, you know, he's still getting walks and a clutch hit, but like he's starting to strike out and then he starts pressing and like the, I mean, he's gotten, it's all strikeouts. It's just, just strikeout, strikeout, strikeout and going hitless and all, and his walks are down. Like he's, I don't, I don't think he's has, you know, I didn't look over the past eight games, but his walks are way down. Um, well, I mean, September. he's on basing 179. He's not walking much. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, he's pressing. Yeah, yeah and they're all, and like you said, Ham. They're all striking out a lot, and and um, you know, with this three game at home series, Marquecas has been just abysmal at Truist Park this year. Um, One seventy nine, two fifty eight, three ninety three. So, you know, it's yeah. It obviously everybody's not going to be clicking at the same time, but we need more from at least one of these guys or a collection of the three of them. We need to have some production. We can't have a third of the lineup just cycling through that we're getting no production from, especially with the middle and the top of the lineup coming up middle in front of these guys, top behind them that, um, you know, you're just going to store, you're stranding so many guys on base and just giving innings away. And yeah, especially giving when innings away. N- neither of the three guys are named, Ender or Camargo, it just seems unfair. Yes, because Ender still has to be considered. Um, um, but yeah. look, the top six are carrying things, and they continue to carry things. Um, but you're right. I mean, one of these guys, and look, Dansby could snap out of it any day. So could Marquecas and Riley. I mean, the, you know, they've all had really, really hot streaks this year. Hopefully, they're getting the cold streak out of the way, but, you know, time's running I out. Do, I do still trust... Dansby to be clutch if he's even if he's you know cold 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 I think he still has those clutch hits in him sure we saw it the St. Louis series that we keep talking about that series last year but I mean Dansby was one of the so only many hit. huge hits in that series that's right yeah right, but guys. we're th- I mean you look at some of the other lineups so I mean just looking at you know Our, and like you said the Dodgers and like we we're if those guys aren't hitting we're thin I know you hate <laughs> when I say that I know you hate when I say that but our lineup doesn't stack. You look at the Cubs; they're they they're like all those guys are still there, right? Baez and Rizzo and Bryant and um, Hap. Um, they're, I mean, they're like they're they're loaded. The Cubs are loaded, and when those guys aren't hitting, all of a sudden our lineup feels a lot thinner. No, I grant you, the bench is not deep. No, right now I feel like the the duck with the cigar drops down every time Ham says <laughs> we're thin. Affleck. <laughs> not that duck not that duck what's the duck with the cigar that old uh, show that uh what's his face the marx brother groucho marx hosted oh, <laughs> wow kurt wow kurt appealing to our great grandfathers out there listening yes. <laughs> hey look we, we gotta people we gotta, will get my reference <laughs> okay, we gotta yeah. get to all of our demographic here <laughs> all right guys next up is shot in the dark but first a quick break Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Shot in the Dark are crazy predictions for the games that are coming up this week. But first, how did we do last week? Let's start with our listener picks. We've got a ton of them. <laughs> um, you make me pick them I'm going to pick them <laughs> alright starting with Lendrum Morrow he predicted that Hamels and Anderson would combine for 12 plus innings 2 wins 15 plus strikeouts less than 4 runs and less than 4 walks so they combined for 8 innings 0 wins uh, 10 strikeouts not 15 6 earned not 4 and 5 walks not 4 Thanks for playing, Lendrum. Next up, Mark Clements predicted the infield would hit seven homers. Riley, we'll go around the horn. Riley had one, Swanson none. Albies two, and Freddie one for a total of four. So thanks, Mark. All right, next up, Jared Warner predicted that Markakis, going back to Baltimore, uh, would hit at least 325 with four doubles. I can just stop now, right? Yes. <laughs> you had me at Markakis. <laughs> And then, although I, w- I wanted, I do want to give Jared credit for, and there, Darno would hit at least two homers um, and one game deciding go ahead hit with the Mets. So Markakis clearly, I mean, he went one for eight. In the Baltimore series, Darno did hit two homers, but no go ahead hit. I mean, you know, when you go back to Baltimore, all that pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, McKay Morrow predicted another three homer game from a Brave this week. Ozzie did have a two-homer game. That was as close as they got. Tyler Garner, very close, predicted Freed, Hamels, and Anderson would give up no more than six earned, and the Braves would hit ten or more homers. So seven earned across those three pitchers, and the Braves did get ten homers. Very close, Tyler. And then last up, Tropical Depression Alec predicted the seven through nine um, spots in the lineup would hit three-plus homers and eight-plus RBI. So there were four homers, but only seven RBI. Mm. Uh, mm. Very close. But thanks, everybody, for playing. Let's see how we did. I predicted that Tukey and Kyle Wright would give up no more than four combined earned runs. So Tukey blew that all by himself. Yes. Giving up Selfish. five earned. So that was not great. Hammy, you predicted that Ozzy and Acuna would hit four homers and steal three bases. And despite you trying to trick me by talking about Ozzy's three stolen bases. <laughs> he really didn't have any this week. They did each hit two homers, so you got the four homers, but no stolen bases for mm. either this week. Although Acuna did get picked off twice, if that if that helps. Does that that, mean I that win? takes away from? I think you just subtract <laughs> oh. that away from um, stolen base numbers. And okay. Curtis, you predicted the Braves would score fifty or more runs this week. Only thirty-one. That and Baltimore that was a 15 series. game, 15-run game. That Baltimore series was just so bad. So bad. So bad. Um, all right, guys, let's see what we got this week. I will start. I predict Dansby, Riley, and Marcakis collectively hit four or more home runs this week. Going to get all those guys off the schneid. All right, Hammy, what about you? We need it. Um, hopefully we ride that to uh, the Braves clinching the East on Wednesday. All right. That would mean uh, winning the first three games against the Marlins. Let's do that. That's right. Yes. Uh, Curtis, how about you? 
More positive news. Five quality starts for the Braves this week. Wow. Shot in the pitch dark. Wow. With Fulty. That's not part of this. No. I'm just throwing that in there for fun. Fulty getting that one of those. So the TBD person is going to get our right. quality start. The reason it's TBD is because the guy couldn't spell Fultonavich and just gave up. <laughs> All right, folks, remember you get to play each week, too. Get your shot in the dark in before first pitch on Monday via Twitter. If we pick yours, we will discuss it on next week's show, and you could win an ABT koozie if you hit it exactly. So let's talk about the week ahead, guys. Seven games this week, all at home, final seven games of the regular season, four with the Marlins, and three to finish it out with the Red Sox. And let's look at those pitching matchups. So... Game one against the Marlins, Waskari Noah faces Trevor Rogers and his 6 ERA and 1.5 whip. Game two on Tuesday is Hamels versus Jose Urania and his 6 uh, ERA and 1.5 whip. The Braves scored three in five innings earlier this month against Urania. Wednesday is TBD versus Sixto Sanchez, who's very good. His 275 ERA is 1.08 whip. He shut us out for six innings when we last faced him. So, all right, predictions. Who gets that start on Wednesday? I will start first and say it's Malone. Ham? Uh, Tomlin. All right. Uh, I don't know. Malone, Fulty. you're right. You're right. It's Malone. Faulty. See, here's the thing. I really want it to be faulty. Because that would be fun. But it I, seems like they would have brought him back already if they had any inkling. Like, they're not going to just bring him up to eat innings. They would bring him up because they want to see what he has and if he could pitch in the playoffs. And it seems like that, you know, that boat has sailed. Yeah. Don't you think? I'm just and throwing I, it out there. No, I know. And I didn't. I read something at DOB where he said, although there were some promising signs, there were also like he wasn't ready to come back, you know, like he's looked as bad as he's looked good down there. Yeah. And I'm um, pretty sure I heard on one of the post game shows this week, like Nick Green or something, say something similar, like they've seen good things and not so good things. Yeah. So I would be surprised. So I bet it'll be Malone. But, you know, Tomlin, Tomlin certainly is a is an option. Um, all right, so the final game against the Marlins will be Max Fried versus Pablo Lopez. He of the 3.96 ERA and the 1.2 whip. Also of the, um, the you know, ignominious sort of record of being the guy that started the 29-9 to game and gave up seven. <laughs> that poor guy. <laughs> he looks like he has good stuff. He just could not find the strike zone in that game. Yeah. So on to the final three games with the Red Sox. Ian Anderson will face Chris Mazza in his 540 ERA and 1.7 whip. Ham, aren't you starting one of these games for the Red Sox? What's that? Yes. I yeah. said, isn't Ham starting one of these games for the Red Sox? <laughs> if you sleep, at, if you um, spend the night overnight and camp out, they'll let you start. So, yeah, I'm going to try nice. to. Yeah. Ham, please start stretching like tonight because okay. you're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Me and Fulty both. Uh the second game against the Red Sox will be Kyle Wright versus Tanner Houck, who has one start this season, where he shut out the Marlins for five innings. And then the final game of the season, a three o'clocker, for some reason, on Sunday, there are no starters announced. Now, it would be Hamels on regular rest. And Hamilton on regular rest. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, regular air quotes. Um, I mean, 
You're rested. Yes, I guess like, they're very overrested, maybe. They they've got to start Hamels on Sunday, right? You want him to build up innings and build up his his stamina, like it absolutely. seems weird. Sure, right, hundred percent. And get him into a, a rhythm and the yeah, absolutely. You yeah. start him. So it will be him. And uh, let him throw seven innings, regardless. <laughs> so Curtis, seven games. What's the record this week? Um, five and two. Three and one, two. Now let's go six and one. Whoa. Three and one, three and oh. You're, I'm not going to get a win. <laughs> yeah, no, Hammy, it's definitely you. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little um, insulted, Kurt, but all right. Whatever. The EFIS pitch that you've been working on in the backyard. So, yeah, I, I will, I'm five and two as well. Three and one and two and one. Hammy? They're winning three. They're winning the first three against the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think um, I think they lose the last one against. No, but that's going to be Freed, right? Would be pitching Thursday. Yes. I think they sweep the Marlins and then sort of are locked into being. I think they're not going to try as hard against Boston, and they go one and two. Whoa! Against Boston, so five and two, but just not the way you said it. All right. So you know, as we as we're about to wrap this up, it's the eighth inning in the Twins Cubs game, and the Twins are up four zip. So, you know, we go to bed tonight, likely tied for the second seed with with the tiebreaker, right? So, no, no, no. They way. have the tiebreaker. Oh, they win the tiebreaker. Right. Right. Okay. Well, they're in it right now. Currently. Yeah. They have one more win in their division than we do. So gotcha. if we're tied tonight, obviously, it comes down to their four against Pittsburgh and our four against Miami. And that will and obviously and you know, you know if it's tied then then we still have to play the last three sure. interesting boys it's what a what a great final week we got coming up all right guys that is the show um remember you can find us at spreaker itunes stitcher google play and spotify as always you can find us at atlantabaseballtalk.com to access all of our shows and be sure to follow us on twitter at atl baseball talk and to like us on facebook Thanks again for listening, and go Braves! Thanks for listening to Atlanta Baseball Talk, your weekly podcast for all things Atlanta Braves. To find new shows, to post in our forum, or to send a comment, please visit us at atlantabaseballtalk.com. Had to admit the problem, it's a hard thing to admit. Had to get on the program, it ain't an easy road when you quit. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.